Yo, what's good, everyone, and welcome back to the Mayo Media Network. My name's Griffin Swanson, and today I'm going to be breaking down the Monday night football game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Chicago Bears. I got a couple of prize picks here that I like for this game, and then we're going to dive into my spreadsheet, breaking down that DraftKings showdown slate. But before we do that, y'all know the deal. If you could like this video here and subscribe to the channel, I would really appreciate that. The Mayo Media Network has football content coming out Monday through Sunday all season long, and you don't want to miss out on any of that. For you podcast people, you can always head over to the Apple Pods or Spotify and find the content there. And while you're over there, leave a five-star review. But with that being said, let's dive into this Monday night game here, kicking it off with a couple of prize picks that I like. All right, so I'm over on the prizepicks.com website here now. You can see there's a number of different sports that we can choose from, a number of different props as well. So prize picks has got a lot going on here. You can mix and match sports. You can mix and match props. A different way to play DFS. Now, if you have not signed up for prize picks yet and want to do so, you can use the code MMN, which stands for Mayo Media Network and get up to a $100 match deposit. So take advantage of that and you don't have to put 100 bucks in. You want to put in 50, they'll match 50. You want to put in 20, they'll match 20. As long as you're using that code MMN, you'll get up to a $100 match deposit. With that being said, I got two props here that I like for this Monday night game and the first is going to be a rushing yard prop. I'm going to scroll to the bottom here and I like Justin Fields over 33 and a half rushing yards. Now the first three starts for Justin Justin Fields, guy really wasn't using his legs all that much. I blame it on the coaching there. We have started to see that change, though, over the past three games where he's had 6, 8, and 10 rushing attempts, hitting 43, 38, and 103 rushing yards in each of his past three games, hitting the over there at 33.5 in all three of those games. Now, I know the Steelers' defense is good, play much better at home as well, but if the Bears want any shot at winning this game, Justin Fields is going to need to use his legs, and it seems like they're starting to tailor towards that side of his game, like I said, especially over the past three games. So I'm going to take the over there. Realistically, this guy could do that in one single rushing attempt. Probably not going to happen that way, but assuming he gets another six plus rushing attempts here, even double digit rushing attempts would be better. He should be able to hit over at 33 and a half. And then the other prize pick here that I like for this Monday night game is going to be a receiving yards prop on the Steelers side of things. We're going to go Chase Claypool here over 51 and a half receiving yards. This guy's averaging 67 receiving yards per game this season, and there definitely have been a few outlier games like back in week five when he had 130 receiving yards, but it goes to show you the upside that he has as well. I'm looking at some projections here for Chase Claypool. He's coming in around 62 receiving yards for this game, so a pretty decent gap there from this current number, and he's got that deep threat ability to where he could realistically hit the over here on one single play, and we've seen him do it twice this year. Back in week five had a catch for 59 receiving yards back in week two against the Raiders had a catch for 52 receiving yards so I think this number is just a bit too low and I'm actually looking at his home and away splits right now and in four home games this year he's averaging 78 receiving yards per game 27 yard gap here from the current line so again I like the over at 51 and a half now to recap here the two picks that I like Chase Claypool over 51 and a half receiving yards Justin Fields over 33 and a half rushing yards we can approach this two different ways the flex play or the power play if you go the power play route you will need all of your picks to hit 
but it does increase the payout. And again, for those of you who have not signed up for prize picks yet and perhaps interested in doing so, you can always use the promo code MMN and get up to a $100 match deposit. All right, now we're going to dive into the spreadsheet here, breaking down this DraftKings showdown slate. As always, we'll start in the top left-hand corner with these Vegas odds. You can see the Steelers are favored to win here at home, sitting on the money line of minus 280. They're also six and a half point favorites. And then a pretty gross over under there, only coming in at 39 points. So it could be a defensive game, slow pace game, but hey, that's what we have to work with here on Monday night. And then I got these showdown stats here from 2020. As always, I'm going to go through these pretty quickly here. Let's hop on over to this other sheet. This is in regards to the top 1% of lineups from last year. So number one, 92% of all showdown lineups from last year included at least one quarterback. And of the top 1% of lineups, 96% had a quarterback rostered as well. Number two, 33% of all lineups rostered a wide receiver at captain. Of the top 1% of lineups, 31.5% had a wide receiver listed as captain as well. Number three, 57% of the top 1% of lineups rostered a captain from the team favored to win. So in this example here, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Number four, run it back in opposing quarterback, wide receiver, or tight end was included in 88.9% of winning lineups that rostered a quarterback, wide receiver, or tight end from the other team at captain. Number five, ignore defensive kickers in the captain spot. Very rarely does that work. Only 1.1% of the time last year in those top 1% of lineups. And number six, don't play more than two kickers or defenses in the same lineup. Usually one is fine. On a lower scoring game like this that only has an over-under 39 points you can probably get a little more creative there but generally speaking don't play more than two kickers or defenses in the same showdown lineup but all right let's go ahead and dive into some of my favorite plays here for this showdown matchup as always i'm going to list out a captain from both sides of this game starting on the steeler side of things here i like deontay johnson now yes you can absolutely put Najee harris in here as well you can see i got him listed as a flex play but i like deontay johnson the clear-cut number one receiver for the pittsburgh steelers who leads the team in targets air yards red zone targets and reception touchdowns this year he scored at or above 14.6 DraftKings points in every single game and has a solid matchup here against this Bears defense who's allowing 42.8 DraftKings points per game to opposing wide receivers this season the sixth most in the NFL now I know Big Ben hasn't been great this year but he has notoriously played better at home which ultimately benefits his receivers so I like Deontay Johnson here if you want to mix in Chase Claypool I think that's certainly applicable as well but like I said Johnson has been the clear-cut number one wide receiver not only this season but last season as well so I like him in the captain spot in this matchup and then on the bear side of things here I like Justin Fields and I kind of mentioned this during the prize pick segment of this video if the Bears want any shot of winning this game Justin Fields will need to play this week like he did last week against the 49ers and I know that's probably not earth-shattering news hey quarterback needs to play well in order for their team to win but in his first handful of starts I honestly don't know what Matt Nagy was doing with the quarterback here, but we finally saw Fields play to his style just last week against the 49ers, ultimately leading to his best performance of the season. Now, he had 175 yards through the air, through a passing touchdown as well, but more importantly, they started using this guy in the running game. He had 10 rushing attempts last week for 103 rushing yards, had a touchdown on the ground as well, which led to 29.3 DraftKings points. So, if the Bears coaches are smart in this game which I'm not entirely sure that they are they'll kind of let him roam free a little bit use that 
rushing upside and hopefully can keep this game close. I know this Steelers defense is solid, especially while playing at home, but if there's anybody who's going to give hope to the Bears in this Monday night game, it's Justin Fields, and I like him in the captain spot. Now, hopping on down here to my flex plays, and the first guy I got there is Najee Harris of the Steelers. You know, I kind of name-dropped him when I was talking about Deontay Johnson in the captain spot. By all means, you could put Najee there as well, projecting to be the best overall play in this Monday night game, but he's also the most expensive, and I've mentioned this in video in the past when it comes to your showdown lineups you put in the most expensive player in the captain spot it obviously gets a little more difficult to fill out the rest of your lineup so he is certainly applicable there but I like him as a flex play as well the volume has been massive with Najee all year long receiving 18 rushing attempts per game and seven targets per game that's fantastic at the running back position and he scored at or above 21 DraftKings points here in five straight games showing an upside of 30 plus DraftKings points and he leads the team here with five touchdowns and 21 DraftKings points per game so again you could put him in the captain spot you could put him in the flex spot projecting to be the best overall play here in this matchup and should see solid volume once again. Now they call him Slim Roethlisberger and I'm not in love with this play to be honest with you. Uh, Big Ben has not been great this year. He wasn't great last year. He's getting older and kind of looks washed in my opinion. <laughs> But when it comes to these showdowns, quarterbacks are damn near always in play. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to go with both of these quarterbacks in the same lineup. Probably do prefer Justin Fields, to be honest, with that rushing upside. But again, I always go back to this first statistic here. 92% of all showdown lineups for last year rostered at least one quarterback. And of the top 1% of lineups, 96% had a quarterback rostered as well. And that very well could be Justin Fields. But we got to talk about Big Ben here, especially if you're going to be playing guys like Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris, Chase Claypool, and trying to roll out a little Pittsburgh stack. It makes sense to put in Big Ben. He's only averaging about 14 DraftKings points per game, but he has notoriously played better at home. So I'll give him a little more benefit of the doubt compared to if you were playing on the road. But like I said, not in love with this play, but considering it is a showdown, I wanted to mention the Steelers quarterback. Next, I got Chase Claypool there at $9,000. Like him in the flex spot, but could absolutely put him in the captain spot as well. Certainly got a enough upside to where you can roster him as a captain play and we saw that back in week five actually against the Denver Broncos where he finished with 27 DraftKings points and I mentioned it during the prize pick segment as well he's got that deep threat ability to where he could realistically score a touchdown from 40 50 plus yards out so I like him here either way he's a clear-cut number two wide receiver in this Steelers offense right now he's second on the team in both targets and air yards but considering he's got that 25 plus DraftKings point potential he's absolutely on my radar in this showdown matchup I then got Khalil Herbert there the running back for the Chicago Bears and we got to keep an eye out for this one because we did get word here this weekend that David Montgomery very well could play in this Monday night game I just don't think it makes sense for Montgomery to play though because the Bears go on a bye in week 10 so rest him one more week here then he's got the bye week to recover a little bit more then bring him back in week 11 but hey this is the Bears coaches like I said 
I don't really know if they're all that intelligent. So you could see Montgomery play in this Monday night game. And if he does, you know, it's certainly a hit to Herbert. But if Montgomery is out, I do like Herbert here, seeing 18 plus rushing attempts in four straight games. And he's made the most of that, hitting 19 and 21 DraftKings points in two of those games. So like I said, this is a tougher matchup on the road against that Steelers defense. But if we're looking for a guy who's seen solid volume on the Bears side of things, that's been Khalil Herbert. Next, I got Steelers tight end here, Pat Fryermuth, who's played really well in back-to-back -back games. And that's important because the previous starting tight end for the Steelers, Eric Ebron, went down with an injury back in week six. We've seen Fryermuth take over ever since then, seeing seven targets in back-to-back -back games, racking up 12.8 and 14.4 DraftKings points. Really solid, especially considering he's only $7,000 here, essentially meeting 2x value in both of those games. And he's also third on the team in red zone targets at 15%. Like I said, he's really been only playing here as a starting tight end in two weeks. That number certainly could go up. So it's a good price tag here. He's had good back-to-back -back performances. And assuming he continues to see five-plus targets, I like him in this position. I then got Darnell Mooney there for the Chicago Bears. And I was running through some numbers as I was building this spreadsheet. And it's just weird to see how bad Allen Robinson has played this year. The volume certainly hasn't been there like it has been in years past. And Darnell Mooney has basically taken over as the number one receiving option in this Chicago offense, especially with fields. Mooney leads the team in targets at 27.5% and air yards at 36%. He's got a solid matchup this week as well against Cameron Sutton, the Steelers quarterback, projecting as one of the best on pro football focus. So I was kind of surprised to see Mooney this cheap at $6,400. I know this Chicago offense hasn't been great in general this year, but he's got upside to hit 20 plus DraftKings points and certainly meet value at this price tag here, a 6400 And then sticking on the Chicago side of things there, I don't mind Cole Komet. I say that with a little hesitation in my voice because it was tough picking some of these Chicago offensive players in general because they just have not been very good this year. And when an offense isn't good, basically the only thing you can go off of is volume and opportunity. And the volume and opportunity for Cole Komet hasn't been bad, especially over his past three games. He's seen five plus targets in each of those games. You know, that's enough to where he could get us double digit DraftKings points and essentially meet value at that price. He is also the number three receiving option in this Bears offense behind Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson. But again, just hard to kind of spot pick some of these Chicago offensive players in general. So I'm basically just going off the volume here. Now switching back over to the Steelers side of things here. I just talked about how bad that Chicago offense has been in general this year. So I like the Steelers defense, especially playing at home against a rookie quarterback. I'm always targeting defenses that play rookie quarterbacks, especially one who has seven interceptions and eight fumbles in his first six NFL starts. And this Steelers defensive line should be able to create a lot of pressure on Justin Fields, which will lead to turnovers and sacks, obviously. PFF Pro Football Focus is currently giving this defensive line a 39% matchup advantage against that Chicago Bears offensive line, which is really solid. We've actually seen this Steelers defense start to turn it up here in their past two games. Combining for nine sacks, they had five and four in each of their past two. 
So I like this matchup considering they're playing a rookie quarterback at home, but really good to see the Steelers defense turn it up a notch as well over their past two games. And then to wrap it up there, I got Chicago Bears wide receiver Marquise Goodwin. And look, everyone, this is a dart throw, boomer bust type of play. Honestly, I'm surprised he's this expensive at $4,200. I mean, this guy's only averaging three DraftKings points per game. Might only see anywhere from two to four targets in this game, but technically is wide receiver number three in this offense, the number four pass catcher behind Cole Komet as well. But he's got that deep threat ability. He is a speedy wide receiver. And all I'm really hoping for here is he scores a touchdown from 30, 40 plus yards out and meets value. And considering he is expensive here for a guy who only averages three drafts, DraftKings points. I'm kind of hoping we can get him at lower ownership. I'm always trying to find ways to make my lineups unique, especially with these showdowns, and this might be one way that we can do that. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap it up here for today. As always, thank you all for taking the time out of your day to watch the content here on this channel. If you could like this video and subscribe to the channel, I would greatly appreciate that. Like I said, the Mayo Media Network has football content coming out Monday through Sunday all season long amongst much, much other content, so don't miss out on any of that. And again, for those of you who want to sign up for prize picks, you can always use the code MMN, which stands for Mayo Media Network, and you'll get up to a $100 match deposit upon signing up. But let's enjoy the weekend here, folks. Let's enjoy this Monday night game. Win a little money as well. I'm out of here. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's your boy LQ, Mr. Real Deal Fantasy HQ, and this is the Fantasy Football Picks and Bets. Presented by Prize Picks. Make sure you guys download the app, check out prizepicks.com, sign up today using promo code MMN, and you guys will be able to be matched up to a hundred bucks. That is free money, people. It's not too late. You can sign up right now. MMN is the promo code to use. So I got a great show today. Got some studs, got some duds, and the injury report. And I got some trust issues, man. We need to talk about some of these things. I have trust issues moving forward. So let's get right into it. Man, so overall, it was a very weird day, like a weird day of early, you know, afternoon, first games. It's kind of like what was going on was the entire NFL just drunk. Like what was everybody drinking last night? I mean, the Bills losing to the Jags. I mean, just a lot of weird stuff going on. The Ravens looking kind of bad, you know, earlier in the game, but they ended up winning anyway. But still, it was just a lot of crazy things going on. But the normal things that were happening today, Nick Chubb was a stud muffin today. So let's start with him. The dessert, of course, I love working with the stud muffins first, obviously. But Nick Chubb had 137 yards, two touchdowns, and 29 fantasy points versus Cincinnati today. The Battle of Ohio, Nick Chubb showed up and showed out. That was like one of the normal things to just offset all the craziness going on to earlier today because fantasy was a total disaster. So I don't know what your lineup's looking like right now, but mine's is a mess, like completely. Leagues where I'm like up, like probably like four points now where I should be up 80 points because the projected points were like out of the world. But, you know, just a weird day of fantasy. But Nick Chubb, he did his thing. He showed up, showed out today. So he's definitely a stud muffin. But hey, shout out to James Conner, man. He is a stud of the week. The Cardinals lost Chase Edmonds early in the game. I'll get to the injury report with him later. But man, James Conner stepped in. He had two rushing touchdowns, one receiving touchdown, so three total touchdowns. 36 fantasy points, man, versus San Fran. My man was balling out today. Finished strong. Now, I did a tweet the other day thinking, like, hey, is this something like, you know, Todd Gurley, 2020, 
you know, ish where he was like very touchdown dependent where, you know, the first eight weeks he had like eight touchdowns and all these other things where it was just crazy where Todd Gurley just couldn't stop scoring. But obviously we're at week nine right now. And James kind of just put up three total touchdowns today. So I think this is going to keep going on and on. So hopefully you grabbed you some James Conner. Hopefully you have him in starting lineups, you know, moving on. He's going to find the end zone. Def, Texas, James Conner, two touchdowns, basically. So to the next stud muffin. Now, he didn't have a huge fantasy performance, like not a lot of fantasy points. But my man, Javante Williams, is the future of the Denver Broncos backfield as long as Melvin Gordon doesn't return next season. Now, he had 111 yards on the ground. He was running very angry, breaking tackles, just looking like an overall stud running back when he's given opportunity. Now, he had 17 attempts against Dallas. And, man, Dallas defense, they they took a tough loss today. They weren't looking like the Dallas defense, you know, that were lighting it up with interceptions and et cetera. But, man, again, the, Javante Williams is the future of that Denver Broncos running back room. And I feel as though, you know, if Melvin Gordon's still there, he'll find a way to still somewhat be relevant. He'll be hanging on. But I feel as though, you know, today it wasn't a big fantasy performance. But, hey, 111 yards on the ground, his first 100-yard game. We got to clap it up for Javante Williams for the future because I have a lot of shares of him in Dynasty. Hopefully you do too because he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be going out there and he's going to be putting up big points once Melvin Gordon's out of the way. But let's move on to the duds. Now, the duds, man, ah, very disappointing because a lot of these guys, well, three of these guys I had in starting lineups. Um, Let's start with C.D. Lamb, four fantasy points, man. He had two receptions, nine targets. So, like I said, it was a very rough day for the Dallas Cowboys. I seen a joke today as Cooper Rush, you know, talked about next next week as the starter. But, you know, it is what it is. It's just a tough loss, you know, Dak coming back, getting that rushed off. But C.D. Lamb, four fantasy points. Burned a lot of fantasy managers, and I feel as though, you know, he can bounce back. But nine targets, the buy-in was there, which is still good. So it's not like he was being locked down or anything like that. Just a lot of off-target balls by Dak, honestly. It wasn't much so of uh, C.D. Lamb, but you got to go on the dud list, being that you only put up four fantasy points and expectations were at least like 15. You know what I mean? We're talking C.D. Lamb. But moving on to Joe Burrow. Tough day in the office in the Battle of Ohio. 282 yards, two interceptions, and one fumble. Yeah, Joe Burrow was not looking like Joe Burrow-ish. I mean, there was a lot of balls that he was throwing where, you know, Jamar Chase was just not in sync with him today. A lot of frustration, you know, going on in that game. I feel as though the game got away from them very quickly. Joe Burrow only put up eight fantasy points. But moving forward, I'm not too worried about, you know, the Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase show. I think that will continue on going. I'm not going to stamp it as like a dud for the rest of the season or whatever the case may be. But today you go on the dud list, Joe Burrow, because eight fantasy points, that does nothing for my roster. I am now down by like mad points. Thanks to solely you. But moving on to my next dud. Now, Kadarius Tony. We had a lot of expectations for him when he blew up, when he had that high volume game. And we have to remember he plays for the Giants. So a lot of it is dependent on Danny Jones. And a lot of it is dependent on Jason Garrett calling, you know, the shots. I mean, for Kadarius Tony to have one catch today on one target for nine yards and have one fantasy point, come on. What do you want the guy to do if he's not getting the targets? Because, again, targets are earned, but then you got to look at the play calling. Is he being schemed into where he's going to be the focal point in this play or the next couple plays? They needed something to happen, but, hey, they got the win today. So Jason Garrett walks away, you know, with the stamp of the W, but for us fantasy guys, it's kind of like we are watching all the same game. Like the plays you're calling are a little stupid. I mean, you got to you gotta understand, Vegas 
they have a lot of drama going on over there. There's a lot of things going on over there that are behind the scenes with coaching, you know, outside stuff, a lot of distractions. So, of course, I don't feel as though, you know, Vegas, the, well, the Raiders are playing, you know, up to par. But, man, Kadarius Tony, you're on this dud list based on, you know, the one target and one catch. Like, what are we supposed to do with that? Like, this is something that we can't put him in the starting lineups every single week, even if it is based on matchups. Even if the matchup looks good, you have to worry about Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Toning, for me, personally, I don't think he was ever a star and forget. Yeah, he had the high volume, but then after he had that high volume game, he got injured. He had an ankle injury, and then he faced my Rams, and everybody's expecting his high volume again, but he went into the game already injured. So it's like you can't expect these things to blow up, and you want the stars and moon when all these things are playing out right in front of you. So I feel as though now we're dealing with a situation with Jason Garrett, just not making him the focal point. I know I spent a little bit too much time on this, dud you know with Kadarius Tony but it's information we need to know so next week I just don't know what to tell you they got to buy and then a week after that I don't know what to tell you again so it's like Kadarius Tony question mark start sit who knows but let's get into this injury recap this is the least favorite part of my show I feel as though you know Chase Edmonds uh dealing with an ankle injury he went out early in the game so that's why James Conner kind of turned up, but I think James Conner is going to find the end zone regardless in that game. But uh, yeah, Colin Murray did not play. Ankle still bothering him. Um, D-Hop didn't play also. These guys were called out and active before the game started, so it wasn't like they got re-injured in the game, which is great that they held them out. You know, play smart. It's a, we got a long season. A lot of football still left, so D-Hop Murray did not play. Hamstring and ankle injuries. Um, Sammy Watkins was set to suit up today to be ready to go. Thigh injuries still mess with him. He was a uh, you know, again, scheduled to come out and basically ball out and play, but something happened during pregame that he didn't like. He just didn't feel feel the vibes. Uh, Zach Moss suffered a head injury, could be a concussion. He's being evaluated. No timetable on how long he'll miss time. Uh, James Robinson also, he was trending towards playing, then not playing. The ankle heel injury still bother him. Urban Meyer was saying, you know, during pregame, it's a threshold of pain. Basically, can he play through it? But they played a smart, sat him, so he's going to be healing up. Two of the surprise, the surprise inactive this morning. Um, he dealing with a fractured uh, middle finger, I believe it is, but fact, fractured finger. So he did not play. Uh, he actually was a backup. So I guess if the game was going to get too out of hand against the Texans, that he was going to have to suck it up and get in. But he didn't play. So he's definitely nursing the ribs. Still, he's day to day. Um, fractured finger. I don't think it'll sideline him too long. Uh, Damian Harris suffered a head injury as well. He exited the game. Uh, could be a concussion. No real timetable on that. So that was the injury recap. So let's get that out of the way. The veggies are out of my face. They're off my plate. They're in the trash. Let's get to these trust issues. I have trust issues. Like, can we trust the Eagles backfield? Man, what is going on? Like, why do the Eagles hate Miles Sanders? Like, I really feel as though it's like something personal. I don't know, but I'm just kidding. It could be, though. I'm, I'm not going to lie because they wait until Ma Sanders is hurt to run the ball, like to be a run-heavy offense. It doesn't make sense. Like this should have been the game plan. And the thing is, like what's more important to mention is the Jordan Howard rebirth. Like what the hell is this? Past two weeks, he's been leading in touches. Like today he had 17 carries. Like where did this come from? I mean, Boston Scott's still involved as well. The one-two punch is going on, but Jordan Howard looking like the lead back moving forward like yeah they face you know bottom table you know run defenses but still this is worth mentioning that you know jordan howard's getting the load of this backfield and it's a little annoying to see kind of gangwell score today on two carries he had he had two carries today he scores on one of them why 
We needed this last week when he was in all our starting lineups. Like I have him in one league where I'm forced to start Kenneth Gainwell, but it's like the majority of the fantasy community had him on the bench because of what happened last week. So it's like, he scores a touchdown. Okay. Why did you do that? <laughs> Are you guys playing rock, paper, scissors, shoot on the sideline of what running back goes in? Shout out Marcus Grant for that tweet. That was very hilarious, but still it's like, come on, man. Like this is trust issues. Like I don't know what to do with this Eagles backfield. I, I, I can't lie and say, you know, yeah, this is what's going to happen when Miles Sanders comes back because there needs to be some type of like situation where Miles Sanders is being worked in with Jordan Howard or Jordan Howard is being worked in with Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell. This is back in the day where, you know, they had Jay Ajayi, McGarrett Blunt. <laughs> they had all these running backs just going through the cycle, Jordan Howard, and then uh, Darren Sproles. Like, God, man, it was just so terrible. It's so terrible when that was going on. You just had trust issues. I think we're back in that era where you cannot trust the Eagles running back in your starting lineup. So I don't know what to do. Maybe you know what to do. Leave a comment below in the comments if you know what to do because, man, I can't deal with this every single week. Like, Gainwell is probably never, ever going back into my starting lineup for the rest of the season unless I absolutely have to, which is, like, in the one league I have to because Carson's on IR. CEH is on IR, so it's like, oh, yeah, now I'm left with Kenneth Gainwell. Thank you. Shout out to you. But, yeah, I really feel as though it's a little weird, you know, what's going on over there in Philly, the city of brotherly love. Like, why do why do you guys hate Miles Sanders then? So definitely be interesting to see what happens. But for the most part, when it comes to selling and dynasty, I'm selling all my shares of probably every single Eagle player I have because I just can't trust anybody there. Uh I, I feel as though I can get a nice return on Goddard. I feel like I get something out of Devontae Smith, you know, especially if they're going to be moving forward as a run heavy offense. You know, they said they're going to try to run the ball more. They're going to try to do different things with, you know, Miles Sanders, and then he gets hurt. So I definitely feel as though it's time to sell every Eagles, you know, share you have to try to get some type of like good return. I, I definitely think Miles Sanders might be hard to sell based on what we're seeing here being displayed with Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, and Gainwell. I feel as though with him being injured as well, that just kind of knocks him a little bit, takes him down for his price. Your asking price has to be some type of picks. I don't think you're going to get like a great player in return. I don't know the asking price of your league mates also. So there's that. But uh, yeah, trust issues with the Eagles backfield. Let me know what you guys think. So this wraps up the episode. Please make sure you guys like and subscribe. Let's run the subscription up. Let's get the numbers up. Let's get the likes up. Uh, I definitely want you guys to head over to prizepicks.com. Sign up today using promo code MMN. You guys will be matched up to 100 bucks to bring home the gold. So I'm your boy LQ, and I'll see you guys next week for another great episode. Peace. Oh.